can also listen to the full episode, even better sounding, without any of the lag. That's my new my new tag phrase for it. Your favorite show with no lag. <laughs> Everyone and welcome to issue number 174 of the Bad County Funky Podcast. Oh, yeah! Tonight we're moving past the Spider Verse and entering its way less cool younger step cousin in the Shemalotiverse with the latest movie, Glass. Before we do any of that, let's see who's joining us this week. We have TV's Casey. The kids, the kids called me TV's Casey. The Bad County Sergio. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the best damn podcast in the entire world. Thank you to everyone who's been listening on SoundCloud, on iHeartRadio, on Spotify, on Google Music, everywhere you can download and listen to a podcast. We love that everyone's been tuning in each and every week and showing our episodes some love. We've been seeing the numbers and we're like, damn, where are you people? The much love. So much love. They love us. They really love us. Yeah, all these good numbers we're seeing. All you people, come to twitch.tv slash badcoyotefunky. Each and every week we talk about a new subject or we talk about what's going on within our geekdom world pertaining to entertainment so thank everyone who's been tuning into those episodes as well also tuning into twitch.tv slash booster greg checking out his streams and following him on twitter thank everyone who's been listening to each and every one of our episodes yeah and i'm your host for the evening booster greg and now that we've gotten all that business out of the way gentlemen let's just talk about glass i want to hear about the unbreakable split connection uh and we're going to start off with casey telling us about that connection unbreakable is a 2000 cult sleeper hit for anybody even remotely interested in comic book movies and uh in 2000 that's the year the first x-men came out wow damn yeah so he's getting his foot in the door right at the start at the modern superhero movie unbreakable is my favorite Shyamalan movie it stars bruce willis as David Dunn, a man who survives the horrific train accident of East Rail 177. And he survives it without a scratch. And it draws the attention of a man named Elijah Price, who, through some talking experiences, strange happenings around David's life, they both start to come to believe that David is some kind of newly born superhuman. And... David's powers are kind of neat. He's got uh, super strength, super durability. But he also has this um, sensing touch. Like, if you touch him, you, he sees, like, the evil and the crimes you've committed, which I think is a pretty original take on superpowers. Like, I don't think I've ever seen something like that. The climax of the movie comes about when he finally shakes Elijah's hand and he finds out that he's been behind countless accidents in an effort to find if superpowered people actually exist in contrast to himself who is a a man with osteogenesis imperfecta or brittle bone disease that's a mouthful man so he's looking for like he's like if there's someone that's this weak like me in the world there has to be someone who's super strong yeah 
the balance. Like, it just makes sense. There has to be a reason that I exist. My purpose is to discover these super beings. The epilogue of the movie is actually done in text. Uh, and I don't feel bad about spoiling this movie because it's been 20 years. Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Yeah, it's like, get over yourself, okay? I think the twist is great, but I also feel like if you know the twist going in, the movie is still great it's to so watch. Good, yeah. It's got a fantastic performance by Samuel L. Jackson. The, the twist isn't really much of a twist, if you really think about it, in that classic, like, Shyamalan kind of Sixth Sense deal. I feel like Unbreakable is just kind of like, they're building up, and does he have superpowers, doesn't he? And of course you kind of figure that Samuel Jackson's going to be the bad guy, mm-hmm. just the way things are kind of going. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you know that all this is happening, it doesn't really ruin the movie. A lot of it is the cinematography and how it's shot. And uh, for me, a lot of it is the uh, faux, not faux comic book panels, but how he makes comic book panels in out of props and out of the environment in real life. Because if you watch that movie and you really go back to it, a lot of the shots of Bruce Willis are through a doorway or you're seeing it through another way, which mimics those four corners. Of a mm. classic comic book panel, which is really neat, and he he does something very similar in Glass, but we'll get, we'll get to that with the colors and there's a few things. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's one of the things in Unbreakable as well. The color yeah. scheme: green is for heroes, purple is for villains. That's kind of how they play up, and it's very interesting is they don't really use the primary colors, which is tr- it's traditionally used, a la Casey's baseball cap tonight, <laughs> Captain America baseball cap, for what we think of as heroes so like that's kind of like neat and that's really cool for sure uh and done very well and unbreakable now uh surge let's talk about split 16 years later i said Surge, <laughs> get out of here i love his enthusiasm it's so good <laughs> oh man so so split was such an interesting movie because uh it it starred james james mcavoy as as kevin who had a number of different personalities, and he was keeping these girls in the basement of a zoo, which is interesting. And, and some of these Man. personalities had different attributes to them, but one of them, who was meant to protect Kevin from a childhood abuse, named the Beast. And he had super strength, and he can climb on walls, and even had a different voice. He was much angrier and deeper, like a, your quintessential villain. And I thought he was really badass. And then it kind of comes over into into this movie. Now, in Split, you didn't really have a hero versus villain. You just had uh, these girls who were trapped and had to escape, and you had Kevin and his different personalities. Kevin Wendell Crumb. Kevin Wendell Crumb and so Split kind of crescendos off where and it kind of kind of climaxes off where uh, the, the the girls find a way to get out. He he brings one of them to a room where he unfortunately eats her. Is what it looks like. He mm. just noms into mm-hmm. and not not in the fun yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. He kind of nom noms her yeah, into yeah. Uh, in her torso, and then and one of them who yeah. he kind of really liked. Uh, he I don't think he he wanted to harm her, so he 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 chased after her. And I don't think he was eventually. I don't think he was going to kill her. Um, she hid behind this crate, and uh, they found a way for help to come. I, I want you guys to see this movie. It can be kind of vague. Uh, oh, it's a, it's a wonder. It's really cool. Though. Yeah, Split can be I think best described as James McAvoy's uh, demo reel. Yes, essentially, because. 
all the different voices, all the different characters, and all the subtleties in his acting, how he shifts. He never has to announce, oh, I'm Patricia now. And that's not what Patricia sounds like, but like, oh, I'm this person now. Oh, I'm that person now. It just happens. And you're like, whoa. Like, you get like chills and you kind of like creeped out yeah, and there's the way the way he he embodies each different personality like like there's one who's nine years old forever yeah. and when he comes out you believe he's like this this kid i mean you're looking at an adult body but you believe he's like this young innocent kid and when patricia comes out he's like this proper older lady you know kind of covers herself up it's just like <laughs> you know she she cuts the crust off of peanut butter and jelly yes. sandwiches like she's kind of like 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 the mom of the, the mom of the group you know like uh i think at one point he described his inner mind like uh very a light that they hold everyone's is sitting around a circle of chairs and there's a light that someone has to hold for them to come to the forefront uh so they revert so they kind of refer to the light a lot so so someone so someone would say i have the light now so patricia is talking you know and then it kind of revert back into his head and then the, the little boy comes out it's like oh i have the light now you know and then the beast is in the back and he comes out only when need be only when he needs to protect kevin and then he kind of uh is, is escapes and then they and then they get him what was interesting about Split for me, talking about how it's shot uh, very quickly, is how they're never really in frame. There's not that like comic book kind of panel because we don't know that this takes place in the Unbreakable, as Unbreakable 2 essentially, until the very, very end, which is the big reveal, which is already spoiled for everyone now that the movie glasses out, right? The, the very end, everyone escapes. Well, everyone, the one person escapes after it's revealed she has been abused. Um, Kevin kind of, or the beast, sympathizes with that and goes, well, I can't hurt you. You're one of the broken. And then scurries <laughs> off. Rinse, lather, repeat for Kevin is what we find out really eventually. This movie, Glass, picks back up right where it left off. The Horde has made lo- like at least the local news of Philadelphia. It's like, oh, he's at it again. And then the internet is abuzz with... News yeah. of the Observer continuing his twenty-year stretch of vigilantism. And the, and the Observer being um, Bruce Willis, uh, Bruce Willis's character. Yeah, and, there's and a few other ones like I, the Tiptoe Man. <laughs> that was great. The Tiptoe Man. He's like, never bring up the Tiptoe Man ever again. <laughs> His son had a lot of fun with that. Glass, while it has the name of Mister Glass, uh, which was Elijah's nickname, and by the way, both movies ended with that line, Mister Glass. They call me Mr. Glass. What was that guy's name? Mr. Glass. Right. Really kind of foreshadowing what the, the third and final uh, movie or the final part of this character arc is for these three characters. We have the Observer chasing after the Horde. Ultimately, all of it leading to the Horde getting captured, the Observer getting captured, and a psychiatrist saying, you are all crazy. You all think you're superheroes. So there's no such thing as superheroes. I love that angle. I I love that. that I, the, I think it's so cliched. You gotta you gotta gaslight these heroes. Yeah, I, I liked it because I didn't see it coming. I was like, oh, because I thought going into this, we're gonna see a mo- we're gonna see like a different take on superhero movies. Like we're gonna see some superhero stuff for the whole movie. Is is what I thought? Because because again, I thought it was gonna be the whole M Night cinematic universe kind of thing i didn't think it was going to be taking place in this psychiatric hospital and this doctor saying you know you guys think you're heroes but you're not i can explain each and every one of your circumstances in which you think you're a hero leading up to leading up to to, to today and i was like interesting and the way she broke them all down just like 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 first off like her having a session with all three of them is that unprofessional to put out all their shit i mean it's not like an aa meeting they all have like different psychiatric problems 
You know, I mean, an AA yeah. meeting is just like, yeah, you're all alcoholics. We all need to talk about it. Here's some things. If you look at it from the, the hindsight of this movie's twist, which is she's very much aware that they're all actual super people. And she's yeah. working with a clandestine organization called the Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Black Clover. I don't know if they're uh, actually named in the movie. That sounds way more cool. I, yeah. I don't think they're actually named. No, but but I thought that that was interesting. Where she broke down each each, each single one of them and was like, "Oh, like you think you're 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 you have super strength, yada yada. It can be explained this way. Same thing with Kevin. Same thing with with uh, Mr. Glass. Except that she was like, I, I do actually think you're intelligent, but I don't think you're a mastermind. They they had some mention where he's he's got an overactive prefrontal lobe. They threw in a sciencey name because they try to lobotomize him in the middle of the movie, which he has already planned for and mm -hmm. has tampered with. And I think you go through so much of this movie thinking he's a, almost a vegetable, super medicated, rotting away in this cell. And he's like, oh, I was yeah. for a while. <laughs> and then I started replacing my medication with placebos and sneaking in during the guard shift to get five minutes of internet time to get back and wired into the world. Oh, things are happening, and it starts here. That that's one of the redeeming factors of this movie for me is the character of Elijah, is the character of Mister Glass. Um, for me, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities to this. In hindsight, I like how it's all hindsight in this movie. Especially when you're talking about Split and Unbreakable, a lot of it is hindsight. A lot of the genius of it is in hindsight. When you're watching it, it's kind of like a cool, like Unbreakable. A pretty mellow movie, not a lot of action in it for being a superhero. Subdued take right. on yeah. superpowers, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of what the point is because, you know, superheroes are exaggerated forms of what actually happens. So if you're telling a superhero movie in the quote unquote real world, it's going to be about a security guard at a stadium. What I found interesting is uh, Mr. Glass didn't reveal anything until the very end. So up until like the very end, we're looking at Bruce Willis, we're looking at the Horde, and then we're looking at a vegetable. And that's how all of his plans work. That's how Mr. Glass just operates. So a movie about him should operate in that exact same way. Yeah, and it's and it's not because like right. there's a lot of people uh, who are saying that oh I didn't really like to dig on this movie because it's called Mr. Glass and there's barely Mr. Glass in this movie. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you guys feel about that? Do you need more of him? I would like more, but I would I would wonder if that would ruin his character. Mm. For me, Mr. Glass, I think, is one of those characters where you get just enough of. And it's like it's, it's like a dessert, right? You don't want to gorge on the dessert because then you're going to get a headache. You're going to feel bad <laughs> and you're not going to have a good experience. You're not going to want to go back to that dessert. But if you have just a nice Sunday, one Sunday, not 15, at the end of your meal, you're going to like it a lot more and appreciate it a lot more. And you're going to appreciate the meal that came before it a lot more. I, I can see that because if it was oversaturated with him, you'd be like, all right, he's not that special. Because, you know, how, how can you convey someone who has a mastermind uh, intellect for an entire movie without the audience getting bored? It's like, it, it's, it's kind of like House. It's like, okay, I get that he's really smart. He can figure everything out. Great. And yeah. people get bored of that for real. But yeah, like, I, th I, thought, I thought it was a, it was a good mix. And I think uh, he, he let really well when the reveal was like, he's not comatose. He's not stupid. He's still yeah. there. He's all together. Well, that, that's not even like the big, big reveal either. Like, I love when he's just like, oh, this was my plan all along. I think the best part of this film for me is it's sort of a double twist, but not really, is that once you think everything's resolved, everyone's dead. The doctor goes and she's in the comic book store flipping through some stuff. And it's like, nah, bro, the mastermind always has a backup plan. Yeah. It's like Dr. Doom. He's always got a robot or yeah. something. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, this is me. 
that's me in this movie. And we find out that even though that there is the secret clandestine organization that's set to remove superpowered people from society because it's not fair or they're a danger to other people, which is kind of a pothole when they knew about Bruce Willis and they kind of let him run around for 20 years. Yeah. Eh, you know, you could hand wave that any way you want. It turns out that all the added security that the doctor put in the mental institution was repurposed by Mr. Glass to broadcast all this stuff with the Observer and the Horde fighting and, you know, people getting hurt, displaying superhuman feats just in the parking lot of the hospital, as opposed to this fake plan that was like, oh, we're going to Osaka Tower and you're going to fight people on this grand stage and if you don't do it, a lot of people are going to die from this chemical bomb I'm going to blow up in the middle of everything. Yeah. Which I think is funny because it's kind of like a diehard reference, but not really. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, we're going to the, this brand new Osaka Tower in the middle of California, and I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> I've seen this before with Bruce Willis. Um, but yeah, just it, I'm really upset that they had to kill everybody off. I guess for the sake of the plot. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot about this movie that I don't really appreciate. There's, there's some stuff that I do. Like I, I think everyone really likes seeing the mastermind win. Oh yeah. Yes no matter what. And that's why I think House went on for as long as it did. Yeah, <laughs> he just wins all the things, right? I think that's why people gravitate towards that is because they're sneaky and you're trying to figure it out with them. It's the same deal as like watching an illusionist. And what's interesting about that twist too, just with the tower, I don't remember him exclusively saying he's going to the tower maybe once to the... He does say it to David Dunn because he's he's got to get him out of the room. If you don't break through that door, Observer... People are going to die. And I'm like, this is so, it's so comic book. I, I, I love that because he observed played by Bruce Willis at one point. He was, uh, because the doctor, he was doubting. He's like, wait a minute, do I actually have these powers? Because remember, she was saying stuff on the lines of like, oh, you think that you can lift this much? Well, there are people who can, yada, yada, yada. So maybe you think you can because blah, 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 blah. She was, and he was like, wait a minute. Okay, that's too real world. Can, can I lift that much? Did I? It, was that really fantastical? Did I? Is this all in my head? Is this? Is this really who I am? And I love how, uh, yeah, towards the end, where 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 Samuel Jackson's character Elijah was just like, all right, like uh, we're gonna show the world who we are. We're gonna go attack these people, and we're, we're gonna go kill them. But you're actually really strong. You have to believe that because because I want you to be exposed as 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 also uh, with Kevin and myself as these true heroes, this true evolution, and everything like that. And only and only a superhero can break down that steel door. Regular human bones break against a steel door. But you're not just a regular human, are you? So if you don't bust down that door people are gonna die and i was like yo <laughs> that's so good i i love how he he starts to and he almost gives up and he looks back and he sees that dent he put in he goes i can do this yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like he runs against the door he sees a dent he's just like oh wait yeah i am strong wait <laughs> that's stupid doctor <laughs> she got to me yeah. there's also another really great line that glass has when he's talking to the horde everything that you do can be explained by science but that doesn't mean it's not extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. so fucking yeah. good. When I went to see this movie, I was enjoying it. I enjoyed it more than Aquaman. Yeah, okay. I agree. Um, there wasn't any point where I, I felt like I was, mm -hmm. if I left, it would be okay. You know, like Aquaman, I took a pee and I was like, oh, maybe not go back. Then I did go back. Uh, this one, I was like, you know what? We're just going to hold it. We're going to let kind of things play out. And then it did kind of like in the middle, kind of just like, going for a little bit too long it's like it's mm. maybe 20 minutes too long just like some unnecessary things and i'm watching and it's a scene with the horde 
and he's doing his like horde voice and he's the beast and he's like growling and all that and all of a sudden i hear like a growl coming from a little bit closer and i was like what is that but it sounds like an mm. inhaling growl and i was like is that like the sound effect is like, somebody choking on? in the line <laughs> of it, it's getting it's getting louder and louder as it's going on and then I hear, and there's only like 10 people in the theater. There's not a lot. Like I was the first one there until the movie started. Then people kind of filtered in. Um, people are chuckling behind me. And then I'm really listening. And some dude fell asleep no. in the movie. What? And is snoring louder than now, that, snoring. Now, that's kind of crazy to me because like this movie's not boring. You know, um, but like, how, how do you fall asleep in this movie? Cause to, to me, it's interesting enough where there's something to keep your attention. And if you're not looking, you may miss something because like, in my head the whole time, I'm just like this M. Night Shyamalan. I can't, I can't go to sleep. I have to pay attention to everything or else I might miss something that he's trying to show me because he's M. Night Shyamalan. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That's it's kind of obvious. This person like fell asleep. It's also the way this movie was marketed as well. I think because if you really watch the commercials and if, I don't know if these people saw mm. Unbreakable. I don't know if they saw Split. I will assume that they did, but I don't know that for a fact. How could you possibly be interested in this movie if you hadn't seen either? You'll understand nothing. That I don't know. Muggles. But, like, this movie is a lot different than both of those movies in the way it's shot, in the way that the story plays out. This is really the second time that I've seen Shyamalan try to deal with more than one main character. The first time being Avatar The Last Air. Oh, God, you're bringing that up? Wait, you actually saw that movie? I didn't. I watched it for 20 minutes. I, I saw it. I saw the whole entire thing because I am an Avatar fan and that movie was hot garbage. I think there was too much going on in this movie for Shyamalan to juggle. How it so? Didn't, it didn't work for me. And anything that happened was too on the nose. Uh, things that I liked about Split was the subtlety of the, the character shift. In Glass, he's literally like, oh, I'm Pepper. Oh, I'm Jimbo. Oh, I'm this guy. Oh, I'm that guy. I'm like, I don't need to know their names. Mm. There's 24 of you. I know four or five. You can just do a funny voice and move. Like, do do a Robin Williams, Jim Carrey. Do a funny voice and move right along. Go right into the next character. I don't need this introduction every single time. Whenever you see Bruce Willis, they did this once with the panel framing. Mm -hmm. They only did it in the beginning when he caught those guys doing the Superman punch, and then they never did it again. Even the cinematography was a lot different. Uh, Casey's going to probably bring up the colors, right? They're in the comic book shop. Green heroes, purple villains, two on the nose. I already know what those colors mean. I've watched Unbreakable maybe ten times. I've watched Split five or six. I know what they mean. I get it. I get it. Stop punching me in the face with it. You know how you said they they do the panels thing in Unbreakable where Bruce Willis is in a doorway and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. There's this really great line in Unbreakable where Mr. Glass is describing comic books to his mom. You see how they draw the villain's eyes differently? They're bigger. They're more expressive. It's because they have a skewed perspective on reality. And the one time we get to see the world through Mr. Glass's eyes, everything's crooked. It's It was stuff like that, but the close zoom-ins when they're fighting, I thought that was kind of silly, but then when you look at everything in perspective, when it zooms out really far and the beast is charging at the observer, this looks ridiculous. But this is probably how it would look to people who were just watching it from an outside perspective who had no vested interest. It makes sense because 
then that's the video that they're literally seeing at the end of the movie when it's released to the world. It's so deliberate. Yeah, exactly. It looks ridiculous. Well, it's like the meme, right? It's like what I think I look like, what like the world thinks. I look like. <laughs> yeah. That I appreciate. And I'm not saying there are things in this movie I don't appreciate because there are certainly in there. It's just overall, this is what, two hours and some change. Yeah. I think uh, not all of it worked for me. And Sarah Paulson, who's a wonderful actor, like I've seen her in many different things. I think she, I don't think anyone brought their A game except Samuel Jackson. And even some points I question. Bruce Willis was so clearly phoning it in. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's like committed to his retirement from yeah. movies. I, I don't think. think he's phoning it in. I think he's just an older guy now. Like, I, 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 don't th- I don't think he has the energy. I don't know about that. But like Sam Jackson's also old. Yeah, yeah, but like Sam Jackson's, he's on a different plane of existence. Like he, he's, he's in another dimension. That's that's insane. You know, like he thrives off this kind of stuff. Bruce Willis is just like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. No, I mean you're not wrong, but yeah. he definitely like. I think he phoned it. There's parts I was like, come on, Bruce. You think so? More, little more effort. Just, I think like, I'm not old. asking. I'm asking for five percent more effort. Damn. Damn. What's like the last movie that you saw him seem to really give a shit in? The last Sin City? I mean, God, he's made some some stinkers after Sin City, so... Me being a, a pretty big Unbreakable fan, and, like, especially uh, there are other podcasts I've been listening to that have actually been really bringing these back up and, like, having viewing parties and stuff. So I've been watching them, and I've been really dissecting it with a different eye, and I think that also might have ruined this movie a little bit for me, too. Because I'm looking for the art in this movie, right? And while it's there... It's not in every shot. It's not as meticulously crafted as Unbreakable was. And Split wasn't, like, it was a good movie, but it wasn't as meticulous as Unbreakable by any stretch of the imagination. But I was hoping for maybe a little bit more because Split looks like this. Unbreakable looks like this. I saw it at my local shithole theater. I did not see it on Cheapo Tuesday because I couldn't make it that day. So I did pay the full uh, $10 price tag on it. I don't feel good about it. I, I say watch it if you're a big fan of them. The only people I would recommend this to would be if you've seen the first two, just watch this one to round it out. If you've been like me and you saw Unbreakable when you were 10 years old and you're like, wow, I wish there was more to this (laughs) because I think this is a genius take on superheroes, you get a really smart take on it throughout this entire movie the government mediocrely smart no i no i think the the gaslighting them in a in a mental facility thing is is pretty yeah i I, pretty sure i like it i mean it's it's just arkham yeah but that that doesn't make it a bad thing that that it's arkham but it's it's not like i don't know i was hoping i think for something a little more original than what i I think yeah yeah i think you're, you're looking for a different movie I think you're right. Maybe I have the opposite from their advertisements. I shouldn't have ignored it as much as I did, and I should have actually paid attention. Versus the guy who was sleeping, who probably thought it was going to be an action-packed punch fest, and it wasn't. Same. I mean, I mean, like I, I thought it was going to be yeah. like not not Avengers, not Marvel, but like I thought it was going to be his own take, and I didn't expect it to be Arkham. I didn't expect it to be Arkham, but like I personally liked it. Um, only because like uh, I like M Night Shyamalan movies, not all of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I really thought like he had something going here. I did not expect this whole thing where, where he takes these three people who have uh, in our world they actually have these superpowers that they have. You know, like well, one has all these different personalities. Like one, one of those personalities is super strong and climbing walls. Like another guy is a genius mastermind who has brittle bones, and another one who has super strength and his weakness is water. Um, and, and I thought they were going to like duke it out or, or do something crazy or even like possibly discover other superheroes within this realistic world. And I, I, I was pleasantly surprised because I thought uh, the actress, I keep forgetting her name. Yes, Sarah, Sarah Paulson. Paulson. Sarah, her name was Sarah Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> her, name was Sarah Paulson. <laughs> her name was Sarah Paulson. 
I I thought she did. Uh, I thought she did um, a pretty good job because I hated yeah. her character. And if you can make me hate or love your character, you're doing a good job. Because because in my head, I was just like, they have powers. You, <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> just they they actually have powers. She knows it. Like if you if somebody was crazy enough to think that they had a weakness to water, why would you put high pressure water jets in their room at all? That, that's one of the big ones. I I was sitting in this movie and I tweeted out before it started. I was like, I swear to God, if this movie ends and they're all fucking Kevin Wendell Crumb personalities, I'm going to riot. Like, I legit thought they were going to try to pull that one. Yeah. And then about halfway through, I was just like, oh my God, she's not actually a doctor. She's literally trying to depower them with words. Yeah. Yes. And it was like, it was almost kind of working, too. It, it was. You're yeah. only making me like this movie more by reiterating the best part about it. There's <laughs> also two hours of other stuff, which doesn't really matter. Yeah. What do you mean? What does it matter? Like, the guards didn't really matter. They concentrated a lot on the guards. Like, sure, just show how genius and how much um, Mr. Glass pays attention. You didn't mm. really need... You didn't really need the beginning of this movie, how they get sent to this facility. Mm. Just have them in the facility. Maybe, like, explain it through a couple flashbacks or something like that. Like, you didn't really need that. You didn't really need his... I mean, I guess he needed his son and his mom and the girl again, just because, like, they're they're the origin. This is all the origin story for them. I love that the kid is the same kid. I did. Way. Yes. Yeah, I, I yes. forgot. Like, I don't know how I forgot, but, like, I looked at him. I was like, oh, my God. You, you still act. He's got the same face. I know. You're like, hmm, you look very familiar. That was, that was wonderful. What kind of bothered me, too, is... Mr. Glass and his mom look really close in age. He's five years older than she is. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Why? I don't know. But yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't hate the movie. I, th- I thought. I thought it was good. Um, I. I didn't like. I didn't care for the ending. The whole like killing of. Of course, this this whole podcast is spoilers, as you guys know, who tune in each and every week. Like you, you're supposed to go watch the stuff and then then come here. So in the end of the movie, uh, I kind of didn't care how. Well, I like the twist of the, there's like some. There's an introduction to the secret organization who knows about all these supers, and they're like, we keep the balance. There can't be all of you guys running around. There can't be someone above man. You know, there can't be a yeah. meta human. That can't be this thing, and yeah. and I kind of I kind of like that theme because you see in other things like X Men and stuff like that. So they're like, all right, we exist just to keep you guys under control. We know about you, but there's way, but you guys are too far out in the open running around because I think they left Bruce Willis alone because he was kind of doing like Cape Crusader stuff in the shadows. So they're like, all right, he's not making that big of a stink. But then yeah. the whole thing with him like going after Kevin and then and then Kevin like kidnapping this girl. So it's like, all right, this guy is eventually going to run into Kevin and it's going to like spill out into the open and we and if we're trying to keep all this shit secret, we can't can't have that happen so i think that's why they picked him up um and as with with elijah he's just like too dangerous so like we can't have this guy who, who has this much of an intellect like undermine our organization eventually we don't know what he's going to do i think that's why they picked him up um yeah and and then then they worked and then they worked it so uh they go after bruce willis's character in the end the overseer and then they kill him in a puddle because his weakness is water because when he was a kid he was being drowned it's like a martian manhunter weakness where it's pure mental yeah, exactly. Like, he could have lifted himself out of that. But in his head, he's so damaged from his childhood experience that he's like, I can't use my strength. Like, it's, it's right. just not happening. He just totally clocks out and he dies in the puddle. I was just like, really? That's how he goes? And I, and I and I was I was reading this this analysis of like people are wrong to think that any one of these characters are the main hero of the story. That this this movie is not made to show that you know that it wants to be like a, a like like your quintessential or your stereotypical Marvel movie in which you have like one hero or a bunch of heroes. Like that's that's not this movie at all. And people went into it thinking, okay, the overseer Bruce Willis' character from from uh, uh, Breakable is the hero of the story. And I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> I don't I don't care about that. That's stupid. I mean, re- yeah. 
and, and yeah. it really is Mr. Glass who's the hero. Even though he's like the villain, he's really the hero of the story. He's the one that like he engineered it all. Airs all of their dirty laundry. It's nice when the bad guys win because it doesn't happen too too often. It I, happens I in love it. all comics, but ultimately yeah. the good guys win. But it's also like it doesn't have that bittersweet taste of oh the bad guy won and now we're all fucked. It's like oh the bad guy <laughs> won and now an even shadier organization is pretty much going to be fucked. It's the origins exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't care for him dying in a in, in a puddle at the end. I was like, this is garbage. That's stupid. Like, the, the, and they showed that puddle too. Remember, like the, all the water. They showed the puddle, and it was like for a second too long. And I was like, that's not good for Bruce. No, it is not. Yeah, no, yeah, well. yeah. Rather than that, I thought the movie was enjoyable. I don't think it's yeah. for everyone. I really don't think it's it's for the masses. A lot of people are going to have a lot of problems with it. On a scale of one to twenty four personalities, what would you give this movie? Fifteen. 15 personalities yeah like i don't know if that equates to like a 7 out of 10 but that's what I've, that's what i would have given it well you got to figure 12 is half so 12 is 50 percent. yeah uh that, that's that's really tough because this movie is good but it's not the best oh man i i think it was the right length i was interested the whole time what i recommended matinee yes score wise like maybe 14 14 wow. mine's not too far from you but i have a much different perspective on this i was gonna say i'm i think i saw like 10 out of 24 for me that's fair it has its moments yeah. what it succeeds in it does well but ultimately i left the, the movie disappointed mm. because i think i had such a higher expectation mm -hmm. based off of the previous movies like i liked the subtle framing in unbreakable the subtle color hues they don't beat you over the head over it same thing with split the personalities don't beat you over the head with it. <laughs> and what do they do with me this whole goddamn movie they beat me over the head with every fucking thing. it's almost as if they kept beating over the head for the people who didn't see the other movies because it, cause it, it, it felt like they were explaining a lot of themes that were already explained. Not to catch up the people who were already, who have been seeing the movies like us. But I think it was like, man, this is really catering to people who haven't seen it. Because like there are people, and this is very odd, there are people who go see movies without seeing their previous one. The big hype around this movie was they're ending the whole arc of Unbreakable. That was really it. So even if you didn't see Split, most definitely saw Unbreakable. They didn't need to do it. That's my biggest gripe with it. Uh, moving right along. Things that have happened this week. Bow! I think it was last week we talked about uh, Ghostbusters coming back yeah. next summer, summer of 2020. Not everyone appears to be happy about this movie. How so? Go ahead. Ask me who's not happy about who's this Who's not happy about this? Uh... Oh, Serge, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> you finished. <laughs> Leslie fucking Jones. Uh, she played one of the femme Ghostbusters in the 2016, I don't want to call it a flop, but I'm going to call it a flop. Ghostbusters 2016, later subtitled for Blu-ray home DVD release, Ghostbusters Answer the Call. The only free movie that I ever got that I wish I did not get. I really thought you were going to say Ghostbusters Into the Ghostiverse. Because I did not actually remember what the subtitle of that movie It was. is Answer the Call. Uh, Ms. Leslie Jones took to Twitter saying, and I quote, So insulting. Like, fuck us. We didn't count. It's like something Trump would do. And chat face. Gonna read you Ghostbusters. There's multiple E's. Better with men would be huge. Those women ain't Ghostbusters. Ugh, so annoying. Such a dick move. And I don't give a fuck. I'm saying something. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Woo! So. Leslie Jones getting spicy on Twitter. She's with trying that. to get spicy on Twitter. She's saying that this movie is specifically is being the anti-feminist movement because it's erasing 
the 2016 Ghostbuster movie. I love reading comments on these kind of things because they're just so it's so much fun. That's my new that's my new thing. I don't know why I just started getting into this now and haven't been doing it for quite some time. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. There's there's people in there that are like, oh, this is like, yeah, fuck misogynist is big. This is the worst thing that could ever happen. So I'm going to go point by point here. A Ghostbusters answer the call. Try to reboot the original Ghostbusters movie. hundred percent hypocritical on your part. If anyone is, is going to be accused of erasing anything, it's going to be your movie. Part B. This movie right now, Ghostbusters, uh, Ghostbusters 3, I guess is what it's going to be called right now, is rumored to be featuring two kids, a boy and a girl. So it's not all men right off the bat. Part three, the mo your movie sucked. Fucking get over it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they're going back to the original. That's the best point, by the way. There's a reason why people don't like this movie. There's a reason why people really like the originals. And it's not because it's all men. It's because there is a heart there. There is a love in crafting that film. Everything from the special effects. And there is no ulterior motive. What do you think the ulterior motive of the 2016 one was? Because from what I gather, it's just Paul Feig. Let's do a girl version with a bunch of funny women in it and see where it goes. And there was nothing else that was laid down. There were no good plans. Let's just do improv the movie. Well, really funny. Really funny is very subjective. Kate McKinnon, I think, is the funniest one out of all of them. Yeah. Christian Wiig is Christian really funny. Chris, Christian Wiig's all right. I'll, I'll she, she's that. all right. But but I, I don't I don't think there was I don't think there was an alternative movie. I agree with you, Casey, that that the whole the whole female thing was 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 brought up by the misogynistic pigs of the internet because I did not I did not have a problem with it. and there are millions of other people like me who did not have a problem with it being all female. I had a problem with it no. being a reboot of Ghostbusters because uh, they that the, they were doing uh, they even said in the trailer and and into the press releases that it was a new team and in the movie just like Greg said they retcon things you know they, they didn't have uh, the same names but they had the original Ghostbusters in there but they weren't the original Ghostbusters like one of them was a cab driver yeah Bill Murray it, it, was just hanging out they had exactly a, but but know, also yeah. Leslie Jones's uncle was. Was, was, was yeah Winston. it was Ernie Hudson. Was, was, yeah, was Winston but he wasn't Winston he owned like a right. funeral company which is where they got the Ghostbusters uh, where they got the, the, the Echo one from so it's just like uh, uh, like like I don't think there was an ulterior motive for, for that movie I think people brought up the all women thing because they, they were they were scared about it but I don't think it was fair for the studio to then be like oh everyone who does, who's not liking this is a misogynistic pig anyway but going back to, 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 to the Leslie Jones thing I think she shouldn't have said anything publicly because it makes her look bad one and two uh, I agree with Greg's point that movie that they did um, totally erased what the Ghostbusters before them did you know like they they weren't even the, there was there was in that universe in that in that movie they were the Ghostbusters there wasn't anyone before them and and which will come after so it was her own thing and it wasn't a funny movie right. it was bad the, the the jokes were bad it was like an SNL skit that went on for way too long yeah and well, and, and 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 the thing that that kind of helps the misogynistic argument in the movie because the guys were saying oh yeah this is a whole sgw movie we get it guys are dumb women are powerful blah 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 and then and then the studio was like that's not what we're trying to say it's not what we're trying to do you guys are thinking that not us the studio not us the actors not us everybody but 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 then how do you explain chris hemsworth character being a snarling stupid caveman for the entire movie yeah the entire movie he was so dumb and so ridiculous leslie jones's character was just like loud and obnoxious she wasn't funny and she is funny on SNL. I've seen I've seen her skits. I've seen some of her 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 bits where she does stand up and shit like that. She's actually pretty funny. I've she seen conversations. She did a bit this week uh, that was like a riff on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it's it's hysterical. 
Dude, she's funny. Yeah. Like, I've seen interviews with her where she fucking kills it. And I'm like, yo, like, oh, yeah. be that person in, in movies. What we also have to consider is that she's still a human being, right? The amount okay. of abuse that these actresses endured, specifically oh, it's, it's Leslie Jones ridiculous. on Twitter for months. I mean, continuing to today, it's been three years. Or two yeah, and a half right. years since this movie came out. I can understand her being extremely frustrated. Where I made this film with all the good intentions. I did it with my friends. I had a good time making it. The worst but things like, are made off of the best intentions. Right. So so <laughs> their intentions, though, like the actors, was like, great. They just want to make a, friend, a movie with their friends, right? And that's what a lot of SNL like classic movies end up being. It was Amy Pascal, who is like the head of Sony Pictures or something like that. Mm -hmm. She's the one, when I say like an agenda, is who I'm referring to. Uh, there were emails leaked during the great Sony email leak. Oh, those spicy leaks. Oh, boy. So it um, came out that they wanted to have an all-female superhero uh, movie. And the, they didn't really have the properties at that point. Uh, Marvel's really kind of coming up. So they just said, fuck it. We have Ghostbusters. Let's just make it all female Ghostbusters for the sake of being all female. That's not how you empower anyone. Moving forward, they were pushing this. They were pushing so they created their own technology so they're not piggybacking off of the work of men. That was from Paul You Fee. could have just as easily made a, right. a Ghostbusters movie that has two men, two women on the team. You could still have someone like Holtzman as the scientist so you can ha oh yeah you can have a girl a girl scientist develop all the technology and stuff you can have your race your race stance being a goofus but not right. on it like they're all intelligent guys Peter's a college professor Egon's an actual machine scientist Ray's a literary scientist and stuff like that they're all smart yeah. people like none of the characters have to be dumb for the sake of other people to stand out and honestly you can make if you look at the first Ghostbusters movie and you interchange any of those characters, except maybe Venkman with a woman, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Even with Venkman, like with anyone, it works. Too. Well, Venkman's whole thing is that he's kind of, he's like a creep in a position of power. Also, also one thing uh, Leslie Jones should be pointing out, which is a good thing you brought up, and it's something that I thought was bullshit with the 2016 Ghostbusters. How, how, how come all the women are, have like, 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 like smart, educated jobs and they all have this stuff, but like Leslie Jones's character, a black female, yeah. is a fucking MTA worker? What the fuck yeah. is up with that? Yeah, that's bullshit. Huh? Huh? White Hollywood? Okay, so all these three yeah. white women have all these smart, interesting jobs. Yep. but the black woman is a fucking like subway worker are you kidding me is that advancement like there there was there was a women's march recently and there was a very interesting author who spoke she, she's a black author she's talking about how how the women's rights movement is always good for white women but but never women of color because because like the suffragette movement never yeah. originally uh initiated any conversation with with women of color and she went off and off and off and i was like yeah interesting so i'm not surprised that in this movie this this powerful movement of they wanted an all-female cast but the black woman is a fucking mta worker everybody else was a scientist or something really smart i mean you had uh kate mckinnon's character who can make uh, gadgets the other two are smart like uh sophisticated scientists and then she's just like oh, i'm just uh i'm just a black man i work out i have a car yeah. though i'm contributing in a fucking car it's like are you kidding me that's the advancement that you want to you would put forth right it, it's it's all hypocritical everything is hypocritical two wrongs don't make a right and that's what this movie was in my opinion we're gonna elevate one group of people and shit on the other ones to make this one group of people seem more important and if you don't like it you're sexist you're racist you're a pig you're wrong 
and that's not right. And the movie wasn't even good. It wasn't. And and the if thing, the movie and, if the movie was good, mm-hmm. I would just be shutting up. Right exactly. Now. And the problem but was 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 redoing Ghostbusters. Not that they were women. If if they were to say we're going to redo Back to the Future with an all women cast, like whoa 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 whoa. Redo Back to the Future, stop right there. Stop right Never mind the woman yeah. thing, stop right there. Yeah. No one wants you to do Redo Back to the Future. And apparently the creator of Back to the Future, like, he's been approached, like, time and time again, and he said they can redo it when I'm fucking dead. And I'm like, yo, thank yeah, you for that, that, because thank nobody... Thank yes, you. because nobody That's wants so that. He said when I'm fucking dead, they can remake it. I'm like, thank thank God. Gosh, she doesn't do herself any favors with this whole, like, Trump thing. Gonna redo Ghostbusters. Better with men. Will be huge. Like, I understand she's upset. She probably thought there's going to be more movies maybe out of this for some misguided reason. I don't know. Could be um, because it's a really famous franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, I think they were supposed to make more. If, if you know Sony, if something doesn't do really, really well, they just ditch it in any department they do. Yeah, they they've could have continued it. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, well, what if this cast did learn from the older ghost, but from the Ghostbusters who were in this world, who are all older now, they can't they can't do the same job anymore because because they're older. Like, no shade on them. And then they're like, we're taking it up for you. Like, we're we're picking up the sword and shield, and you guys sit back. But you know, like, let us know like how, how you do this job. Yeah, I mean, I mean that yeah. that would have been fine. But then it'd have been a whole other conversation of like men telling women what to do, yada yada. But uh, yeah, it's just just Ghostbusters. It sucks. Yeah, this was not your shining franchise movie. I'm sorry. Exactly. Like, and it sucks for her too because, like, think about she missed out on like a franchise deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, like that's a lot of money you're not getting anymore because people didn't like your movie that was shitty. Uh, So so speaking of other movies, uh, Black Panther got nominated for an Oscar and they got multiple nominations as well and it's so interesting because uh, this is the first movie of its kind to be nominated and i'm so freaking happy for them dude oh my god absolutely happy for them i mean who would have who would have thought in this day and age we was we live in a great and amazing time where a superhero movie could be nominated for an oscar not just one oscar has been nominated for best picture best mm. original music score best mm. costume design best mm. sound mixing best mm. uh production design and best sound editing a superhero movie come on like for years now we've been saying all right where's logan at you know let's let's go it should win more than just best screenplay come on hello it was amazing yeah. you know and now we have yeah. black panther and of course when you know it people have a problem with that uh, of course my only problem is that it's not as good as infinity war true but Fair. if you think about like yeah. infinity and, and i've seen the argument online people are like wait a minute infinity war is a better movie quote unquote like, why doesn't that get the oscar nominations over this movie and i think that's because infinity war is a continuation of all of these movies and it's not seen as a complete movie by by the academy and it's really not a complete movie it's a continuation, and it's going to have a next part. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Black Panther, like, don't get me wrong, was not a perfect movie, but but I enjoyed it. It was I, great. Yeah, like, no I, 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 I thought it was great. It, it's not a ten out of ten, but I would I would give it like like an eight point five out of ten, just just because like some of the yeah. bad bad CG stuff, you know, yeah. and, you know, like that's, that's fair. But 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 yeah, I I, th- I think it is definitely Oscar worthy, and it's insane in this day and age. And like Kevin Smith was talking about it too. How crazy is it mm. that in this day and age, when he was a kid, he was getting picked on for being a nerd, and it wasn't cool at all. Comic book movies, you're like comic yeah. books nerd, and now we're in a time where everyone wants to be a geek. Everybody goes to Comic Con. You see all these like muggles, these normies that 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 descend upon everything that we're into now. Like they all talk about certain things. I have people, uh, you know that you know that, that I deal with every day who are just like, oh hey man, why, uh, what's up with this thing? Tell me about it. And it's something geeky. And they want to get into it because, like, it's trending or it's popular. And Black Panther, like, especially being such a significant movie, being nominated for an Oscar is huge. 
absolutely huge. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even um, Spider Verse got nominated too. For yeah, pops just pops to Spider Verse, man. One of the best Spider Man movies ever made. The it's the best Spider Man movie, the best superhero movie ever made. I would say. I agree, the best Spider-Man. I don't know about the best superhero movie, but the best Spider-Man. Was it nominated for for best picture? Best animated. Ooh, it needs to win because that. Oh man, <laughs> that that animation was what, what they done was a technological feat. It was incredible what they did with yeah. Into the Spider Verse. Absolutely. I can't wait for Sony to just abuse it <laughs> for every property. We're gonna use. We're gonna use the same. For, <laughs> they have a meeting. We're like, all right, Spider Verse people, we got another project for you, but it's different. <laughs> but, but do the same exact thing you did. <laughs> I love that this movie is getting uh, the recognition it, it deserves, and it, and it's so funny too because there are still people on Twitter who still don't get its its cultural like like significance, and and just just to break it down and to, and to move on from from this whole thing, it's pretty much the fact that like throughout all Hollywood, you have certain groups of people who aren't represented without being a stereotype. And for the most part, you know, you have, for all of Hollywood, you have uh, the default character, which is a white person, white guy, white girl or whatever. And they're the savior. They're the hero. They're, they're everything cool and right in, in the movie. You know, think about think about every, like, cool and funny, like, movie when you're growing up as a kid that was, like, about, like, teenagers partying and shit like that. It was just, like, a bunch of white people who were doing, like, cool shit. You know, or, like, or like action movies. You know, the top action movie stars are all white people. You know what I mean? And then everyone who's a person of color or, or a stereotypical person, I mean, a uh, 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 minority was was like a stereotypical whatever you have a jewish person who they would show them a certain way a black person they would show them a certain way a latino person they would show them a certain way and people people like us are just like god damn it i'm tired of like seeing this shit like this like you can just have this you can have this character be a normal fucking person you know what i mean you can you can have you have a black character walk into starbucks and order a coffee now but 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 in every single movie black character dressed like a thug toxie bonics walks into mm-hmm. a fucking fried chicken joint and that's and that's the thing you have a latina person who's like hey well that's okay what i was going on you know it's like yeah. you can you can have him walk into starbucks get a coffee but according to hollywood that's that's not a thing because it's run by old white people but uh but in any case yeah black panther significant because like you have them being normal fucking people they're normal fucking people in a fantastical environment and doing crazy things like like how T'Challa can can use all these like he uses all these different kinds of martial arts he's in a superhero suit but their conversations are normal as fuck they're they're not stereotypical they're not doing all this bullshit and that's what people still don't fucking get on the internet it's that these black people are shown as normal fucking people they're not stereotyped do you think it's because they're not american characters no, it's Ooh. not. No, no. All, 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 all the stuff I've seen is because like they're like, oh, I don't get like, like why like you know every black person is like creaming over this stuff. Like you have all your other movies, blah 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 blah. And it's just like no, in every other movie they're a fucking stereotype and it's fucking disgusting. And of course, certain people don't see it because they see themselves in the default characters. You know what I mean? Like, like let's bring it over to, to video games. How many video games have uh, characters who are people of color who are normal for 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 the, for the most part? I mean, the Spider-Man game did a really good job at Miles Morales because he was a normal kid. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't like his character. Well, like like, he, like he's uh, what is he? Puerto Rican and black or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but but he was a normal character, normal line stuff like that. He wasn't like chucking and jiving. He wasn't dancing all the all this other bullshit. He was normal and it was fucking great. But but, like, but every- he did have like there were parts of his ethnicity that as they should defined his character and were evident in that movie. But Absolutely. it wasn't stereotypical or overbearing. Well, like, even, like if you look at all the characters, even the one that like you would think would be the stereotypical one, like his his uncle Aaron. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's like the thug, right? Yeah, was actually a good guy in the end too. Yeah, he's an artist. He yeah. believes in his nephew exactly, yeah. despite like his it. criminal background. Mm-hmm. It's just good to see like 
proper representation yes. being done. And not just having Chris Tucker in the background. <laughs> in the background. Damn, Jackie! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I watched Punisher Season 2. I did too. Spoiler alert. It was fine. I thought it was maybe, out of all of them, top three. So I'll, I'll put it to you this way. And I know it's your bit. I don't, I don't want to steal it. But I thought the pacing was really well. I thought the acting could have been better, but it was fine. Mm. I thought that they did a great job when Frank Castle wasn't on the screen. They got a substitute Amish Frank Castle to really tie over. <laughs> the Amish Punisher. <laughs> the Mennonite is who he's supposed to be, I believe. But they mm. don't really use code names except for the Punisher in it. So he's just John Pilgrim. What did you think, Casey? It didn't pick up for me until episode seven. And surprise, surprise, really? it's when he actually puts his fucking shirt on. <laughs> See, I would have watched a whole season with him on the road. Would you have? I would have loved that. He goes to different towns and just is the Punisher. He's yeah. Pete for a little bit, and then he's like, "Fuck it, I'm Frank." I mean, Kill put him everyone. in a put him in a trench coat or something. Like, yeah, he's I just hanging around in regular clothes and jeans. That's fine when he's got to, you know, matches Malone his way to get some info. Because you see this six foot four, gigantic, intimidating Italian man just roll up on you and be like, "I'm looking for some information." But he's but he's not that in the Marvel yeah. Netflix. He's, he's smaller. He's smaller. But he's, he's like scrappy. And, and then that like led me to a thought. Like, I think John Barthol might be a good Wolverine. No. You don't think so? He doesn't have the voice for it. He absolutely does. No, he doesn't. He has the scream for it. No. I don't he know was what... a Berserker Rage, I would say, 80% of this season. I don't he like was it. In a Berserker the rage. scream, yes. The scream, yes. I can see. But at him yeah. morphing into Logan? Uh, I, I, I think we're all just really spoiled with Hugh Jackman right now. We can't see anyone other than Hugh Jackman, if you yeah. really think about it. Yeah. But if we have to, like if M MCU is moving right along, I think John Barenthal, because he's tiny too. He's supposed to be tiny. He's 5'3". He's beyond tiny. I mean, I, I've always had an issue with Hugh Jackman because I think because he's such a thespian that he plays the role too perfectly. Because yeah. because like in, in like in the, in the '90s cartoon like uh, like I like that's my Wolverine and he and he's always like gruff and bub. Tell Cyclops I made him a convertible. <laughs> I love all like the the, the, the swears they, they try to do when they say like you egg sucking son of a but it's like a mirage like that's my Wolverine and the Hugh Jackman yeah. just playing it I don't know tomato yeah, claw, tomato claw. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Wolverine but issues I, I have with Punisher um, first half of the season him not wearing the outfit huge huge turn on yeah also um, uh casey, I, uh casey why do you think they do that i mean like is this is this is come on this is second season that's what they know we want just right off the bat have them as the punisher big what really bugs me is that they double down on it because mm. remember at the end of the first couple episodes of daredevil mm. that he was in they do the whole thing where it's, oh and here's this ready-made like battle outfit with the skull already painted on. Oh, what does he do in the first episode of the first season of his own show? He burns it in the garden. I was, I was like, what are they doing in Netflix? It's like, but then he, but then he has it here, and it's, but why? Yeah, if you watch this season, you watch the progression of his character, which has him. I don't like it, but it works for the tone of the story. It has him dealing with: is he fated to be this killing machine? This guy who is literally on. A war against crime. Spoilers. He is. <laughs> but, but you kind of expected that to come. Because yeah. the first season, it's, oh, it's a revenge story. He's killing all the dudes who are responsible for his family's death. And he squares that away fully. It could, he could have had one season and his arc is resolved. Yeah. There's not too much layover except for Billy Russo still being alive, which... Who's really fucking pretty in this still. He's still very handsome. Fucking... He's so handsome, he continues to get laid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, I mean, so I don't like you in the audience, those of you playing at home, if you've seen Punisher Warzone, you've seen what a good on-screen jigsaw looks like. Mm-hmm. That movie is not great by any stretch. I will say it has grown on me quite a bit over the years. <laughs> and I think Lexi Alexander is an extremely understated director. But Punisher doesn't cry. Their version of Billy Russo, played by the guy from The Wire, yeah. is fucking intense. Oh, I'm sure it is. His face is all kinds of fucked up. Like he gets a burn it. victim stitched back together. Yeah, he gets. He's Frankenstein's fuck uglier inbred like nephew, like a radioactive Sharpay. Yeah, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> he, his name is Jigsaw because his face is literally a jigsaw puzzle put back together. There's blotches yep. of skin with color that doesn't match. His eye is like perpetually popped open, like Jonah Hex style. He's ugly. In this one, oh, he's Jigsaw because he doesn't have all of his memories and he's trying to piece it back together. Fuck you! <laughs> Although, and Serge, earmuffs if you don't go, want go to for spoil it. Yeah. I'm still going to watch Okay. I do like the very end where um, Billy goes through hell, essentially. Yeah. And he, he goes back to the, um, the, the group meeting place basement. He calls up Curtis and goes, can you come? Like, I think I'm dying. Can you come see me? And he, Curtis doesn't say anything. And he goes... Curtis, will you at least not call the cops? And Curtis goes, all right, I at least won't call the cops. You hear footsteps coming in the basement, and fucking Frank walks in the door. And I'm like, well, he didn't fucking didn't call, call the, cops. the cops. And Billy's sitting there, and he's like, oh, it had to be you. I'm glad you blah, blah, blah. And he goes, just listen. And Frank just puts two more bullets in him and kills him immediately before he can say anything yeah. else. And meanwhile, it's he's so already, helpful. what, he's got three shots in the gut? At this point? Yeah. So he's bleeding out. Yeah. He, he tried to pay a back alley doctor to stitch him up, and the, the doctor knocked him out and just took his money and threw him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets it real bad. and But it's not like he doesn't have it coming. There's right. really nothing redeemable about his character, and I think it's weird that they try to get you to sympathize with him. And there's yeah. this, he's got a weird relationship with his doctor, which, why this? It's, it's almost like a Joker, Harley Quinn. It's, yeah. Kind of. She doesn't get this wrapped up in any of her other clients. In fact, there's, there's a scene that they make a point of showing where she goes through the same routine with all of her clients. And Billy's like, what, I'm not special yeah. anymore? You do the same thing with everybody. But now why are you fucking on a table? <laughs> like, this isn't, the, lo- the logistics of this don't make sense to me. Yeah. You you don't yeah. feel slighted and not special, and then you try and raw dog your therapist on some nice mahogany. Other highlights, his teenage sidekick is funny. Yeah, that was, like, I didn't expect to like that, yeah. and I liked her. Uh, she's got a very realistic really well. sense of classic runaway teenager kind of character where she doesn't trust anybody she doesn't want help from anybody con artist kind of like a leon the professional sort of thing she meets this older guy and they have a newfound father-daughter relationship because neither of them have that relationship in their life so they find (sighs) that sort of surrogacy in each other and he teaches her a sweet move which she totally actually uses yeah she gets a nice little send-off on the bus, and there's, like, this sort of tender moment where things come together, and you're like, all right, so Frank kind of has closure with not being able to protect his family because this is one life that he did save. And I, I wish, like, we did, like, a full, maybe a fuller episode on this, but I surprisingly liked yeah. season two. I thought it was a lot better than season one. Season one, I was bored halfway through, and then it finally recaught me. This one, there's always something happening. Mm. Uh, even if I didn't like it as much, like, the Billy Russo stuff didn't work for me, but, it, like... Really, there was like three parts of the story, right? Billy Russo, Frank, and John Pilgrim. John Pilgrim. 
and two of the three parts worked really well for me. Yeah, it's too uh, bad the pilgrim parts don't come into play until the last two episodes. He's pushed to the brink. And I guess I have to fight the Punisher now. Hallucination of my mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like that he was fighting a war on two fronts, and it was like he was yeah. losing until like the war. He just like managed to bring yeah. it all together, which was really neat. Um, yeah, I, I do recommend it. Like I've said, I think it's maybe top three or four for them. I'd really have to see the list again, mm-hmm. but. A lot of those, like Luke Cage, I zoned out in the middle. Iron Fist, I definitely yeah. zoned out in the middle. Uh, Daredevil season two and three, I did that. And this one, I was just like, cool, let's just keep on rolling. Let's like skip those intros and come on, let's yeah. go on down. Uh, wh- one thing I will say about this is I-, I probably didn't give it enough due that it was worth. Okay. And I think that's because... Well, you don't like the Punisher by nature anyway. That's uh, true. That being said, I have read quite a lot of Punisher stories because I I think as a character, he's not very interesting, but I think the stories that writers put him in are consistently yeah. more fascinating. He's like a vehicle to move the plot along. And if you don't believe me, read any trade of The Punisher written by Garth Ennis, whether it's the silly Marvel Knights one where he's constantly making superheroes look like buffoons while he's mowing down the Nucci clan, the Marvel Max Punisher, where it's just him in a world where there's only criminals. He's an older Vietnam veteran and he is fucking mad as hell in a world. Or you read something like the Rick Remender Punisher, where he's totally ingrained in the superhero world. He's got all kinds of wacky tech that he's stolen from other supervillains. And eventually he gets cut up into pieces and turned into a Frankenstein monster, which I really wish we could do for another comic book club sometime, but we'll probably never do. No, because this is definitely. I'm, I'm waiting for that announcement from Netflix that this is yeah. canceled. Seeing this now, it's a totally fine Punisher story. It works on its own merits. You get development for for Frank, which you don't see in a lot of things, which is fine. Um, I don't like that he shows mercy to a pedophile. I think that scene. Yeah. I'm like he would. We talked about this before the show. He would completely have tied this guy's bits together and shot him up, and it would have been yeah. a goddamn massacre because there's nothing personal opinion i feel shared by many there's nothing worse than somebody who preys on children you are literally the scum of the earth and absolutely yeah as a father i'm sure frank castle feels the same way that being said with cancellations for a lot of the other shows on the horizon or having already happened they could have taken a lot of liberties with this and and really done something off the wall and crazy I love Frank and Castle. I think that's way too much. They were not they would never have done it. Castle. But but can never. you imagine the balls on the executive who's like, hey, I, my kid showed me this thing. What if we gave it a shot? Or like the end credits of the season, Frank gets killed and we see the pieces of his body being dragged away by a vamp. What? Like, it's too, it's just too insane. <laughs> That'd be dope. I don't know. I just, I think they could have been a little more ambitious knowing that there's a chance that this could be it. They went with... I believe a very safe story. Oh yeah, I mean it was a solid story. It was definitely safe yeah. for the Punisher. And with that, this is officially all the time that we have for tonight. This has been issue number one hundred and seventy-four of the Bad County Funky Podcast. You can Ow! also find if you tuned in like halfway through or whatever, we do reruns right here at Twitch.tv forward slash Bad County Funky. Uh, you can also listen to the full episode, even better sounding without any of the lag. That's my new my new tag phrase for it. Your favorite show with no lag over on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Everyone, thank you for hanging out. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Or we'll see you another time.